Welcome to the Amy Rushworth Show. I'm your host, Amy. I'm so glad you're here. I'm an empowerment and sexual wellness coach, breathwork teacher, podcaster, course creator, badass bitch, and a globally recognized thought leader on empowerment. And I'm here to help you if you're ready to fuck off the rules and create a life of unashamed, unapologetic pleasure and deep, deep confidence. I have a burning passion for the taboo and naughty areas of womanhood that we're not supposed to talk about, such as sexual wellness, bold self-expression, defying social expectations, and so much more. The topics that we're typically taught to shut up about or be ashamed of are the conversations I live for, and those are the kind of juicy, soulful chats that are going down on this show. My intention is for you to step into your most outrageously free, unapologetically expressed version of you. So if that sounds like a vibe, let's fucking go. Are you ready? Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the show. I'm joined by a very special guest, my friend Kato, and she's my partner in crime for this upcoming retreat in Mallorca in October. We're merging astrology, rebirthing breathwork. The entire thing is inspired by the energy of the Leo sign in astrology because we're both Leos. So we're super pumped. It's going to be a mix of deep inner work. Kato's just told me that we start on an eclipse. So that's fun. <laughs> and uh, also we're going to have loads of fun. We're going to do sensual embodiment. It's going to be that really nice harmony of the deep stuff and the fun stuff, the vivacious, sensual, inner child awakening kind of thing. So, yeah. We're excited, hey? Mm, I am so excited for a retreat. This is literally the retreat that I've been dreaming of for going to. And I'm so happy to be co-creating this beautiful retreat experience together with you. And I feel like we've got both our zone of genius and then like merging that together. And like you said as well, it's going to be really, really deep. But then at the same time, also just like really playful and innocent and like with humor and just being our, you know, most authentic selves and like the safety that we provide in the, the space is also so important to both you and for me as well. And like what you said as well, it's, it is going to be quite an interesting retreat because like we are literally starting on the lunar eclipse in Taurus on October 28th. So our retreat is for five days long. So we will be basking in this energy of the lunar eclipse where there will be coming up a lot of realizations around a certain particular area of your life. So for anyone who's listening, I highly recommend looking at your natal chart and see where Taurus sits in your natal chart. And if you have a moon rising or your sun sign in Taurus, then this is going to be quite impactful for you. And it's also, we are wrapping up a set of eclipses of the past 18 months, as we are now transitioning into the new set of eclipses, which is about Libra and Aries energy, which is like a huge focus on relationships. Um, so this is a beautiful wrap up. And also we are going to be in Scorpio season as we are doing our retreat. So it's just so fitting to our concept of like, indeed, like just going deep and like layer over layer over layer and really doing the deep shadow work and I see astrology as also as a beautiful tool for doing shadow work 
And it's kind of like something of ourselves, of our being has got to die in order for us to be reborn again. So I'm actually so excited to attend all of our funerals <laughs> during the retreat. <laughs> And then towards uh, the end, yeah, then just being reborn, like a phoenix rising from the ashes. I have a Taurus moon, so that should be interesting for me. Yeah. Do you know at, uh, how many degrees your Taurus moon is falling? Oh, God, fuck no, I don't know that. You need to tell me that. <laughs> I should look it up, yeah. So for anyone who's listening, the if I'm not mistaken, the eclipse, the lunar eclipse is falling at five degrees of Taurus. So if you've got a planet in Taurus that falls within one degree orb, around five degrees, that will be extra impactful. But the fact that you've got your moon in Taurus, you'll definitely feel it. And there will be a lot of things coming up, depending on like where uh, Taurus sits in your chart as well, which I think is your ninth house. Yes, it is your ninth house. Yeah, I'm sure. So there's a lot around like <laughs> there's a lot around like travel and like writing a book, publishing a book, having realizations around that, or doing more public speaking. Um, it's also the house of higher learning. So you may be, you know, stepping into your mastery and teaching about something that you had a realization of like, actually, I want to pivot into this direction, or you taking up on new courses and relocating and, and all that kind of stuff. So the ninth house is kind of like the house of God. It's a very spiritual house as well. Um, so I'm quite excited for you, how it will show up. Thank you. Well, we wanted to have a chat today because we have these very amusing chats between ourselves and talk about some of these topics that we privately talk about and work on for ourselves or that people have asked us about. And we wanted to just create this really unique, really authentic combo between us so that everyone else can eavesdrop and listen in. And something that I'm always obsessed, like talking about and asking you about is Chiron. And I wanted us to go in really narrow and talk about how Chiron can impact your relationship dynamics. So how understanding what that is for yourself and your partner or the person that you're with can help you to have a more easeful, intimate relationship. Because I feel like one of these big areas that people hold a lot of pain in is conflict in relationship. Like anytime I post about my relationship, everyone goes bananas on Instagram. And it seems like one of those areas that I think it's so important to us as human beings, right, to have love and to have connection. And it's what a lot of people really yearn for. So how can knowing our Chiron placement empower us in a conscious relationship? Mm, I love that question so much. Thank you. So Chiron in astrology is the wounded healer. So we all have a Chiron placement depending on what archetype and what house it falls into, right? So look up your natal chart. And I love working with Chiron. It's not a planet, but it's a spiritual point. And it basically shows you what is the theme around wounding that you will continuously will be working with throughout your entire life. So it's not just like a small portion of your life and then you're just like, okay, I got that sorted. It's all fine. I don't have that wounding anymore. No, it's going to be coming back over and over again until you have learned that lesson, until you have deepened that lesson and really integrated it. And like at a specific moment in time, you are actually meant to step into your healer abilities and become a mentor of some sorts. Again, depending on where it sits in your chart. And 
you know, we start with the wounding and this is a theme where we just experience so much pain and it's being triggered in certain situations. To give you an example, my Cairo placement is in Libra in the seventh house. So there's a lot of wounding around one-on-one connections, both in business, but also in my romantic relationships. And like, I have a whole history of toxic relationships where I was also, you know, taking full radical self-responsibility. Like I was also participating and uh, contributing to that, those toxic cycles. And as soon as I became aware of like my wounding and my Cairo placement, I was like, oh my God, this is actually an opportunity for me tr- to transcend that and to mm-hmm. work with that. Right. And that's also why I became so obsessed with um, conscious relationships and with nonviolent communication, which is such a huge passion of mine, which I'm also teaching now to other people. And it actually all stems from my own pain and my own embodied experience of like how it's not supposed to be done. So now where I'm like, okay, I'm still practicing and I'm not showing up in a way of like, I'm a mentor now. I know how it's done. It's more like, hey, this is my journey and I hope to inspire you in this realm where I'm still figuring it out, right? So I feel like in a relationship, it is so important to understand your own current placement because self-awareness is key. It's always the first step. But then also understanding the current placement of your partner and how you can basically nurture each other and nurture each other's inner wounded child and really be working together as a team, not just being like, this is your shit. You have to deal with it. Like I'll deal with my shit. It's like, no, we're here to help each other out and help each other rise and really creating that safe space, true nonviolent communication of like, hey, what's living inside you and what's living inside me? And how can we find each other in the middle and really, yeah, like I said, grow together and learn from one another? Because relationships are, we live in a mirrored universe, right? Like, like attracts like. And it's like, yeah, it's all just like beautiful soul's assignments. So I would say, Karen, start out with that when it comes to your relationships um but there's actually so much more but just wanted to check in does that make sense (laughs) totally so I think important to say here because this is one of the really big aha moments when I was learning this from you because just for everyone listening Kato came into my membership Honey to You and did one of the most amazing classes that we've ever had in there on Chiron specifically and the thing that I really learned in that that deepened my own awareness was the fact that knowing what house Chiron sits in, so if it's like the first house or the eighth house, that's actually rather significant. And for me, I knew my Chiron was in Leo, so I knew that there was some wounding there around not feeling valuable or talented, that sort of thing. But when I found out what house it was in and I read about it, the first thing on your slideshow that you had said uh, if it's in this house, you have always felt like the black sheep. And I was like, damn, son. And it's so weird because I don't think people looking at me would think Amy's a black sheep, right? Like I kind of look like I fit in really well in the spiritual industry with my my big hat and my blonde hair. And, um, you know, like I don't think that people would assume that I felt like a black sheep my whole life, but I have. I feel like a black sheep when I walk into different rooms. I feel like I'm different. I feel like I'm quite different on the inside and unconventional. Yeah. And so understanding this in combination with knowing, okay, it's in Leo, which means I also feel like I'm not talented or recognized, mm-hmm. valuable, etc. 
that helps me not to like police my thoughts, but to recognize like that's an activation point for me. When something triggers that, that's when I'm going to get upset or I'm going to go into my pattern of wounding Mm -hmm. in relationship or otherwise. And uh, I think that's also why my relationship's been really healing for me because Tristan, my husband, loves how weird I am. And I've become like 20 different women since we met like seven years ago. And (laughs) he's just like rolling with all of them. He's like, yeah, enjoying this video game with you. I love how weird and crazy you are. Like, Mm -hmm. hell yeah. So yeah, I thought it was important to mention about houses. But do you want to talk a bit about nonviolent communication? Because I know you're totally obsessed yeah I would love to there's just one more thing that I want to add to what you said is that there comes a a moment in time when you realize that your wounding is actually your superpower because that's something with astrology whatever is your gift is also your poison and vice versa and it's just about the integration (laughs) and the fact that I know you know we are working together and I feel like you're such a soul sister to me and now that I know about your current placement I will also take that into account like I will make the effort to give you that validation and applause because I genuinely like adore you and like what you do and also making sure that like do you feel uh, safe and like do you feel comfortable to be your most authentic self and also encouraging you to be your most authentic weird silly (laughs) self because it is your superpower you did that the other day with me when I was like okay babe I'm gonna put the retreat up on Instagram I want to pick a song but I have really strange music taste and you were like girl just put whatever songs you want there (laughs) yeah exactly so it's not only romantic relationships but also in friendships like in whatever relationship you have like it becomes conscious when you bring in the intentionality of like really honoring and seeing the person in front of you without wanting to change them yeah Yeah. definitely Yeah. yeah so good and then I think you know a lot of times in partnership what I've heard from many different clients is that when the other partner gets activated and lashes out or says something, the conflict then emerges because the other person takes that lashing out personally and makes it mean something about them. And then they lash back out towards the other person or they go into avoidance or like silent treatment. And if you just know okay, this is the most tender place inside of my partner. This is their soul wound, their Chiron. I feel like you can almost just kind of plan plan accordingly for success and go, oh, okay, that's not personal. That's their deepest wound. And when that gets activated, like they go into like a really deep, tender place inside of themselves. And so I think it empowers you to kind of, like hold space for them yeah. in a better way rather than just going, this is about me, they're angry at me, they're criticizing me. It's like, no, they're speaking from my wound right now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it that you mentioned that. And like when I look at my relationship with Joy, like his wounding is in Taurus in the fifth house. And how it shows up for him from time to time is like he's he's struggling a little bit with like letting go. Mm. Like moving out of his comfort zone. So I'm also like Taurus doesn't want to be rushed. So really taking that into account as well is like, okay, I am such a, like someone who's got a big need for progression. I'm always like moving forward. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. But my partner is like, no, 
let's slow down and let's smell the let's roses. Have a nap. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where like he's my teacher because I'm like, oh my God, yeah, I actually get to enjoy the present moment. Thank you so much for that reminder. And you know, he's wanting to take the next steps in his life with like a couple of areas, also like business and stuff, and I'm like helping him and supporting him, but from a distance because I don't want to force anything because whatever you're forcing, it will break. And I'm just inviting him into this phase of like slowly but surely in a Taurus way like with the, all the safety and the security so that he feels safe to open up and take the next step forward. And also take into account of like my path is not his path. I'm really fast paced. Go, go, go. He's very slow. So I'm like, let's honor him as an individual understanding his current placement. And that is like also what I shared earlier is like not wanting to change each other. Right. Yeah. And that's so important in relationships. It's like, at the end of the day, that's really where it comes. Like that, that's where your biggest growth happens is like being okay with that your partner is different at times. I mean, obviously you're compatible in a lot of ways, but there is going to be things that are coming up. It's inev- inevitable, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm sure a lot of conflicts that play out unconsciously can come from that too. Almost like wanting your partner to be the same as you or to respond or behave in the same way as you. But I imagine like if a lot of people actually got that, let's say they morphed their partner into a clone of themselves, they probably wouldn't like it. (laughs) The attraction wouldn't be there. And I think astrology is kind of like a template that reminds us of that, that we're not the same. We're not going to respond, react and interpret subjective reality in the same way. And it gives us a way to celebrate that. Like Tristan, my partner, he has the exact opposite astrology of me. He's like all water and and I'm mostly all earth. And then I've got that Leo fire sign at the forefront. And, Hmm. you know, I think we complement each other really well, which is weird because we are like opposite in a lot of ways, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And like your ascendant is Virgo. So that means your descendant is Pisces. So that means the type of romantic partner that you attract is water energy. He's Pisces moon. Ah, I love that. Okay, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we already see a fit there, right? So there's a resonance there. And like, I love what you said as well. It's like, even though you're so different, um, opposites do attract because on a subconscious level, you do kind of want to like balance each other or like, it's kind of like this dance. And you came here in this lifetime to learn something really important from each other, right? And I, I think like with his water, he can teach you a lot. And like with your fire and with your, he can teach him a lot. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. He's more like go with the flow and very easygoing. Like people always, when they meet Tristan, go, oh, he's just such a kind, nice guy. You could leave him at a party with anyone and I mean anyone and you would come back and find him asking so many inquisitive questions having a really good time he could talk to anyone he's also a Libra so I feel like this very like Libra of him but for me I don't know I think you would see it on my face if I didn't want to be in a conversation I would just no I'm I'm like not able to contain my resistance if I don't want to have small talk or whatever I'm just gonna go where I want to go and that's just kind of me being unapologetic, I guess. I think it's a Leo thing because I also have it. Like we can't be 
not genuine and not authentic. Like if it doesn't feel authentic, we just, we can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I think you, you, like you see it on my face and I won't even know that I'm making a face. I'll think my face looks totally neutral. And if you took a photo of me, I'd be like. <laughs> yeah. No. I love that. Yeah. Now, um, something also that I want to mention about compatibility when it comes to astrology is an invitation for everyone to look at their moon sign. Because the moon sign talks about how you process your emotions and who you are on the deep, deep inside, right? So when I meet you for the first time, I'm not going to know or feel your moon's energy right away. But when we start living together and when I start like having like a more uh, deeper friendship, you know, sharing more intimate stuff, then I notice your moon is in Taurus, right? And my moon is in Capricorn. Yeah. So we both have earth moons. So that's very compatible. And it's yes. the same with my partner. Yeah, my partner also has his moon in Taurus. So um, there's some compatibility here. And like, I would love to invite people to look at like, if you have your moon sign in, the, in both the same sign, that's great. Or when it's in the same element. So for us, both earth or if it's both in water or whatever. Um, and then also for you and Tristan, because you mentioned that he has his moon in Pisces, that is water. So water and earth is very compatible as well as air and fire. So by understanding each other's moon sign, you also know how to nurture each other. Well, first and foremost, nurture, how to know, how to nourish, sorry, knowing how to nurture yourself on a deep level, but also how to nurture your partner and meeting each other's needs. And this is where NVC or nonviolent communication comes in. It's about fully, you know, creating the space of being fully heard and fully seen. And like what you said as well, so beautifully, is like not taking things personally. Because yeah. when someone voices something, an unmet need, they're talking about their own internal world. And what so often happens in relationships is that like we we stop listening, like truly listening to the person in front of us. And we start reacting from our own childhood wounds and from our own pain and from our own current placement or whatnot. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, it's about like being truly present and creating the space for both of us to share what is living inside us and always going deeper into like, okay, but what are you feeling? What are you experiencing? How does it feel in your body? And then the, underneath that is like, what need is not being met right now? And a lot of people don't actually know how to answer that question. And they start getting mm -hmm. to their head again, where I'm like actually trying to lead you back into your heart, <laughs> back into yeah. the feeling and what's happening in your internal world. But a lot of us, like, and it's, you know, it's conditioning um that I see on a big collective level is like we are always rationalizing things and it's really about the art of being present and um going to the unmet needs yeah and I would actually love to give an example I would love you to give an example because I think like People can listen to a podcast and they're like, yeah, okay, writing my notes yeah. or making my mental notes. And then they're in the middle of a blow up with their partner and the voice in their head is just like, fuck this guy. <laughs> and it's hard to like, I guess, extrapolate it and apply it to your circumstance. So give us the example. Yeah. Hear. Yeah, that's the thing with NVC. It's like very easy to understand. It's like the theory, you've got the four steps and obviously there's so much more to it the, the deeper you go. Um, but then the real practice, the real test is when shit hits the fan and you are triggered as fuck and your nervous system <laughs> is dysregulated and all you want to do is fight, flight, freeze or fawn. Yeah. So what do we do in moments like that when we feel so triggered? Because 
the bigger the trigger, the older the pain. Yeah. It's like a huge indicator. If you're feeling extremely triggered, that's when you know, like, okay, little Kato is, is like activated right now. And like, she wants to be heard. She wants to share something from the heart because it's really important. And that's like coming back to what I said earlier, like conscious relating is about nurturing each other's inner wounded child. So to give you a little example of what happened actually a couple of days ago between my partner and I, because right now we are in different countries. I am in Europe because I had to go back uh, for work and he's still in Costa Rica. So we are apart for a month and um, we felt a desire to connect with one another on and we decided of like, okay, let's just schedule in a zoom date and like let's have like two three hours really devoted undivided attention for one another and just connect and check in and like really going deep because before that we were just messaging and like there's an eight hour difference of time zone so it's not easy to feel connected in that way and then he came up with expressing a desire of his that he was like, I would really love to be intimate and sensual with you. And like, would you be open for, I don't know what you call it, like Zoom sex? <laughs> yeah. Phone sex, Zoom sex. Yeah. So I've never done that before. <laughs> and like, as he asked me that, I was just like completely frozen and like, oh my God, this feels so awkward. Like, this is not for me when I'm really in Capricorn. I'm very shy. Um, and he's like, but you're usually so open and like, so, you know, you're topless on the beach and like, you're so comfortable with like being naked. So what, what's the, the issue there? And I'm like, uh, this is quite hard to explain. So I couldn't really put it in, into words. Um, but then we, when we got to our zoom call and zoom meeting, I brought it up to him that I was like saying like, Hey, listen, I hear you that you want to connect with me, but I actually feel for me that unmet need here is like, safety and I feel like the zoom call or the technology for me is a barrier to actually feel connected to you so my whole body is just like no my my heart is a no my uni is a no so like I wouldn't enjoy it and like I would only do it to please you and that is actually very violent towards myself and that's also where Mm -hmm. I want to stay away from so I share that with him of like I don't feel comfortable doing this but like I want to do it to please you but that also doesn't really feel good and like what comes up for you when I say this so I will always check in of like when I'm saying something and sharing something from my internal world, I will check in of like, how does that land with you? What comes up for you? And he was like, babe, I completely understand and I honor you and let's not do it then. And like, I want you to feel safe. And like, this is really also important to me. So let's just connect in different ways. And then I was like, okay, that's very sweet. Thank you. I feel seen, but there's still a part of me that's actually not happy with this and like with the solution because you are coming here with an expressed desire and I'm basically saying, no, I'm not available for that. And then that should be fine. So that's how it usually goes and how it went in my past relationships. And I'm like, that's actually not great because I believe in creating win-win situations. Now my needs are being met that I'm feeling safe, but now your needs are not being met because you're just like, okay, let's not do it. Let's just do something else. But there's still a need for you for connection. And I also asked him, is it true that true, you know, Zoom... <laughs> sexuality sensuality and intimacy is that actually a strategy for you to you know fulfill your need for connection and for closeness and feeling you know that heart to heart um yeah virtual connection i would say and he was like yeah exactly that that is a strategy that i'm trying to use to fulfill that and then i was like well how can we come up with a way that we can create a win-win situation where i feel like i'm feeling safe and my needs are being met but also your needs are being met 
And I also share with him, like, I actually don't know what to say. Like, I, I don't really know a solution. And then it was just quiet for a little bit. And then he just kind of like said, like, babe, just close your eyes for a second. So I just followed his lead. And before I knew it, he was actually guiding me into this very sensual, erotic meditation. And we were both like with our eyes closed and I was just following his lead. And it was so sensational and so heart opening. And I felt myself like my body was just like releasing or like not just like softening and just like opening. And it was so beautiful. And it was so much fun. And like, as we were going halfway, I kind of like took over and I was like, me taking the lead and guiding him into like this sensual, very intimate experience. And like, he also fully enjoyed it. And like, there was no sexual and well, there was sexual energy, but I wasn't naked. He wasn't naked. There was no touching the genitals or anything. It was just like really true that energetic work. And it was so special. I've never experienced that before. I felt like my whole body was just responding to it. And we kind of like got, um, interrupted because my mom was calling on the phone and I was like oh shit <laughs> fuck off mom <laughs> fuck off mom not now <laughs> uh, so like we kind of like just laughed about it and then we had a conversation I was just like wow that was so beautiful and so unexpected that was actually the exact perfect solution of how we can create a win-win situation with me feeling safe but you also feeling connected and now we're both like feeling so yeah just so close to one another and having so, so much fun whilst doing that so I just wanted to give that random very yeah. vulnerable example to see like how can we always go deeper and see like yeah how can we meet each other in the middle basically yeah creating a win-win situation yeah yeah I guess a lot of people in relationship might find that kind of strange in a way because it's almost like a negotiation but it's like we're always negotiating our needs and desires in relationship, whether we're doing it explicitly like that or implicitly. Um, and when we're butting heads on something, it is about a negotiation of some sort. So I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not about compromising because I don't believe in that either. Because what does that mean? That I am basically putting aside my needs to please you, to make you happy. But that's not going to be sustainable in the long run I'm not going to be mm -hmm. happy with that you're not going to be happy with that so they always say like oh in relationships you have to compromise I'm like no let's find ways of how to create win-win situations let's find out of like how we can make this work for the both of us where we both feel heard and seen and understood and celebrated and cherished and it just creates so much more intimacy and depth and opportunity for growth yeah does NVC have a strategy for when like that negotiation is not creating a good result like you know in the example you shared it was beautiful and you guys got on the on the same page in a way in the same design but what about if someone's listening and they're thinking like I've tried you know negotiating or maybe they've tried compromising in the past and they're noticing like Maybe that isn't a win-win situation here. Like if you want really different things, uh, how does that work? Do you have any tips? Yeah, it's such a good question. And it's so depending on situation to situation. And this is what NVC teaches us is to always go deeper, deeper and deeper. Mm -hmm. And there's so many layers to it. And, you know, sometimes it's also fine that there's no resolution. 
there's no final outcome or there's no clarity, but just having the conversation around what is living inside you can be so healing. And that's yeah. true intimacy. And I noticed that actually a lot of people don't really have that. That's so foreign to them. So that can yeah. be extremely healing and like a beautiful first step. And if there is really no solution or a win-win situation, then I think it's about checking in with yourself and seeing like, okay, what feels aligned with my values? And do I feel comfortable compromising or, you know, finding each other in some way? And it's about radical honesty with yourself, where you're at and what you desire. Yeah. And then also being yeah. able to speak from that desire, because this is what NVC teaches us is speak from the desire, from the yearning, not from your pain. It's not about judging. It's not about blaming. It's not about projecting or assuming because that's very violent communication. Nonviolent mm -hmm. communication is staying out of the field of right and wrong. Like you said, yeah. that, that's wrong. You are wrong. They're judging you. They're criticizing you. That's so violent. And like a lot of people think that violent communication is just shouting and calling each other's names, but it's actually so much more than that. You can feel the violence in someone's energy, even though their words are neutral, you can feel the violence in the energy, right? So yeah. it's about like, again, talking from that desire and yearning rather than being in that field of violent communication. And if we're doing that, even if we're not, it, it's not perfect. We're not going for perfection. It's just about the intention of like, hey, I really want to make this work. And I come from a place of love. Yeah. And if you come from that intention, we're Gucci. <laughs> That's a great <laughs> first step. I'm celebrating you for that. But it takes years and years and years of practicing. And like, I've been doing this now for two years and I'm still learning. I am yeah. still learning. I'm still making mistakes. I'm still fucking up. And that's completely fine because after that, I'm, I can acknowledge it as well. Of like, hey, actually, I was responding from a wound and I was actually reacting to a situation rather than responding. And mm -hmm. this is not what I'm proud of. And this is actually not how I want to show up in my life or in my relationship. So there's yeah. always ways of like making it right. And it's just, again, checking in with yourself and your intention and your values and your yearning. And that would be a great first step, I would say. Yeah. I love that you mentioned being right and making someone else wrong. When Tristan and I were quite early on in our relationship before we were married, uh, we did a personal development seminar and they focused a lot on this and they were t basically, to paraphrase, were saying that, like, most conflict and the things that fuck you up and make you upset and whatnot is to do with like you're just fiercely stubbornly committed to being right including being right about the things that you don't even want you know and uh that was really powerful and it's kind of like this lens that has stayed with me whenever maybe Tristan and I aren't seeing eye to eye on something or there's a weird energy going on I'm like how am I trying to be right right now including about this really negative stuff that I don't even want to be true, but I'm like trying to be right about it and trying to be the, the right one in this situation and make him wrong. And I think it works because he is also doing the same. Like, I think it's very hard to to get into a, a soulmate kind of dynamic with your partner. If you're the only one doing the work, like if the woman is the only one like taking these classes, reading these books, trying these templates on for herself. And the other person is like, what the fuck are you talking about? You yeah. know? And I think it's good to name that because 
you can't carry the whole weight of your relationship just as one person. And I want every person who listens to the show to know that they deserve someone who also puts the effort in Mm -hmm. and who also like does that work with them. Yeah. It takes two to tango. That's for sure. You can't do it by yourself. That's not a relationship. (laughs) Yeah. It really is not. And like, I love that you mentioned that. And I actually have received this question quite often from women in my world that they were saying, like, I'm doing the work. I'm taking responsibility. I'm trying at least. Like, I'm going to therapy, coaching, really trying to show up and do my best. But I feel like my partner is just not interested. So I'm just also curious, like, how would you respond to a situation like that? I get that question so often, babe. And all the time, requests or a podcast, I'm like, how to get your man to do the inner work and like do the spiritual shit. Um, I guess I can speak from my own perspective. Tristan was not spiritual when I met him. Like he did that personal development seminar with me. I bought him an astrology reading once. I think the reason that it worked was because he wasn't, doing that work or spiritual in a sense, even though he has a Jesus tattoo on him for some reason, I don't know why. Um, But he was open and he was receptive to the things that I was interested in. So even though he has told me now, like when he had his astrology reading, he was like quite skeptical and he was kind of in his head thinking, what's this shit? He wanted to like, be curious about it because I was interested in it. And so that's a very endearing quality that he has. Um, You know, I think either you have that or you're willing to develop that kind of curiosity and inquisitiveness with your partner. Um, And so as he sort of just saw or tried the things that I was trying, he very slowly went on more of a spiritual awakening. But I think the key is, is that even if he never did any of those things, I was okay with him not being super spiritual. In fact, I think I would find it a little bit unattractive if he was like doing loads of spiritual circles and like beating a drum and like staring into my eyes for ages going, you know, like, I don't know. I think I would personally, this is just personal opinion, find that a little bit unattractive like no shade to anyone who's into that. Um, So I was kind of cool because I was like, you have so many amazing qualities uh, that I think are spiritual without you needing to try to be spiritual. So that was my experience. And then he kind of just naturally opened up. And now he believes in astrology because everything that the astrologist said like seven years ago (laughs) has come true. (laughs) And he, you know, he's, he's open. So I think it's more about, like, is your partner open-minded and respectful of your beliefs? And Mm. can you also just say to your partner, look, you don't have to do this stuff or believe all the things that I'm into. Like, we don't have to do tarot every morning together. But, like, it would really mean a lot to me if you would come to this event with me. Or it'd mean a lot if we could read a page of this conscious relationship book each night before we go to bed. It would really mean a lot to me if you would, like, just stay open. And if they're a good partner, if this is my opinion, if your partner comes to you and says, this is really important to me, 
like you should be supportive of that mm-hmm. um in in a healthy relationship like there are things i'll do for tristan that i literally have no interest in like if he said to me it's really important come to this football game with me you bet i'm gonna be in that fucking football stands like figuring out what's going on and like trying to get into it you know because it's important to to him Mm -hmm. um so I think it's less about how to get them to do the inner work but how to invite them into what's important to you and also respecting their process respecting that they might not be fully entrenched and interested in the exact same things that you are um and the other thing that I would say I once had this chat with my mate about this she's kind of into spirituality and healing but nowhere near as like weird as me and her partner is just absolutely like not that kind of guy right he's like into cycling and um like sport and stuff like that and she was saying to me she's like I actually just think he's this very spiritually embodied person he just experiences that in his own way like he feels the universe or feels joy and presence and connection when he's out on his cycle, like going out a a mountain Mm -hmm. and he shows up in a kind way and he's a kind partner and a supportive friend. And he embodies all these beautiful values in the way that he just conducts himself. And so I think sometimes we also need to like, particularly if we're talking about men, not judge men for the way that their spirituality shows up. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't just have to be ayahuasca ceremonies and like wearing a hat and I don't know, you know, whatever else that we think of as like spiritual. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think men experience God in their sports game. Like you see the most incredible emotions come out of them and connection and brotherhood in those moments. So mm-hmm. I think that it's about like less judgment and more inviting that person to experience things with you and also respecting their own way of doing things. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. It comes down to like we all have our own strategies to connect with God. Yeah. For some people it's through sex, finding God through sex, and that's amazing. Or it's through cycling or through whatever. But I do notice (laughs) there's definitely a difference between like women and men in that perspective. Or like I'll, I'll more refer to like the feminine and the masculine regardless of gender. But I feel like my partner, Joe, when he's going on this spiritual quest, he just wants to be in stillness and he will be, you know, he will be spending time in nature by himself or with other men, really like that brotherhood, Mm -hmm. right? But most often with just being by himself and just meditating and just going inwards. And like, he, he just, he will also fast. He will not eat. It's like really going back to basics. That for him is like amazing. That's how he finds God. Whereas for me, I'm like the opposite. Like I want to connect with people. I want to flow. I want to dance. I want to self-pleasure. I want to speak, speak it out loud into existence and like ask for guidance. And I do notice that, that there's like a difference there. And like what you said as well, it's just about like respecting and fully being open and understanding like, hey, this is what my partner needs. And like, this is their strategy to fulfill their needs. And this is my strategy. So let's just honor our own and like own unique way of finding God. (laughs) And um, yeah. Yeah. I'm just like getting a visual as you were speaking of you twerking and then like Joe just sat next to you. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, exactly. I thought of I thought of something else as we were talking actually. Something that I personally found helpful when I was like inviting Tristan to do various things and practices was understanding how he learns and how he like feels connected when he's learning. And so he's really kinesthetic. And some of you might notice this, like a lot of men could be very physical. Their love language might be physical touch. You might, I see this with my dad as well. Like if we go into a shop and there's like clothes on the rack, he has to like stroke the fabric with his hand. Do you know what I mean? Whereas some people could just look at the clothes and be like, that's what I want. But some people are more like, I have to touch it. I have to feel it. I have to sense it. And so with Tristan, I know that he's really big into like touch and being in his physical body. He's always been really into the gym and working out and wellness. He cares about how he feels in his body. And so for, for me, I invited him to do some breath work. So when it was his birthday in 2020, I invited him, I invited this lady to our house to give him a breathwork session as a surprise for his birthday. And I thought, you know what, this will be weird for him, but I think that he will really resonate because it's a very physical practice. You're very much in your body. And I know that that, that's like a doorway for him, his interest and how he learns. And he loved it, you know, and he got obsessed with breathwork and now he's a breathwork teacher. Um, whereas if I did, I don't know, I'd invited a woman over to like, give us like an angelic crystal cleanse or something. He probably would have been like, I don't really know what this is. You know, I'm not, I'm not really learning or sensing or feeling. It. Um, so yeah, like if, if anyone listening, your partner is really like physical, they learn through kinesthetics, through touch you could think about like, oh, maybe I invite them to yoga or maybe we try doing some couples breathwork together or like a breathing meditation together mm. where they can connect to the sense that's already something that's quite strong for them. Yeah. Mm. That's really good. Yeah, I love that. To come back to yeah. what you said earlier as well is like my partner is very spiritual but very down to earth. And I've been in relationships with partners who were like not into that world. And like they, they were totally fine with me doing my thing, but they weren't really also showing that much interest. And that was like a huge mm -hmm. turn off. So for me, actually, it is important that my partner is spiritual and but still down to earth and like, you know, very practical and tangible because I'm also spiritual, but I'm not that spiritual in that sense of like that I have to meditate every morning. I'm doing my yoga practices. I'm like saging the whole house the whole time like joe loves that and i i completely just honor him and like just accept him of like hey babe do your thing do your morning routine i know this is important to you and i'm just going to do my own thing right um, yeah. but i do love it like what you said as well as like experiencing these things together because also our love language is quality time like touch and mm -hmm. also quality time so like doing a yoga session together like, even though I don't feel like it, but he'll invite me into it because I know it's important to him to do these things together because it makes it so much more fun for him. So, yeah, like what you said, like being open to experience and inviting your partner into that space step by step and like, you know, having that invitation of like, hey, let's do a yoga session together or let's do this massage or this breathwork session together because that's, again, also a strategy to come closer to one another, to experience yeah. a deeper sense of intimacy and getting to know each other in a different way in a new way 
And yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, babe. This has been so beautiful. Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to share? Um, this is, um, this is a random one. It's not even related to relationships, but I just want to fling it in here at the end. Uh, <laughs> I got a message yesterday from someone on Instagram who is a mystic and a healer in this industry. And she was asking me, and she said she was asking me because I'm a Leo and because I'm so like seen online, uh, how to navigate this balance of like not giving too much versus not giving enough, allowing yourself to be seen in this industry. And I was like, yeah, I should bring this onto a podcast. And so I've just spontaneously decided to bring it onto this one. I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Cause I mean, for me, being a Leo, although I was very scared in the beginning of my online career, like I was, so, I had so much throat chakra shit to deal with. And it was very terrifying for me to show up. I never would have thought I'd be like this. Now I just feel very comfortable and I'm like a Leo. So I don't know. I was laughing with you the other day when you, you said to me, do you want to know this thing to like increase your engagement on Instagram? And I was like, obviously, but I want to be famous. Yeah. <laughs> but like, what about for someone who doesn't have loads of Leo placements and they're in this industry and they want to be seen more, whether that's online or in their relationship, like how do we, how do we lean into that? Oh. I think when it comes to being seen, there's a lot of healing to be done. Again, this, I'm always referring to inner child healing. Mm -hmm. You know, that maybe when you were younger, you were actually being ashamed or being punished or being bullied for expressing a part of yourself that felt very authentic, but that just wasn't accepted or loved by someone. And that kind of like created like this traumatic event for you. And it's like now showing up in your business and like on your Instagram. And like, I'm dealing with a lot of people as a business mentor who want to be seen, but who are actually so scared of showing up because they're just yeah. so afraid of being judged, rejected, just feeling like they're not enough. Like who are they to share something? And so they, they hold themselves really, really small and actually dimming their light so that other people feel comfortable around them. So I feel like this is a whole healing journey. And like what you mentioned as well, like for me, that was also true, the tro chakra activating that, like awakening that. And that was a massive journey of yeah. just purging and healing and it was uncomfortable. And I think it's also by always like leaning into our growth edges step by step, like not like making the jump, like that's, that's too big of that jump, but like step by step, really bite-sized mm -hmm. steps. And doing yeah. something each and every single day and being consistent with it to show up in that arena by, for example, doing an Instagram live and yeah. not really planning for it, but just being very spontaneous and just being like, hey, guys, I just felt a desire to connect with you. And I would love to share about Venus retrograde. Here it goes. Like maybe this is helpful yeah. or inspiring to you. And yeah. then not really celebrating yourself for, you know, how many clients you got out of there or out of that Instagram live or how well you did or how many views or how many likes, but really just celebrating yourself for showing up for your efforts, for leaning into your growth yeah. edges. That for sure. You know, I was uh, thinking yesterday about growth mindset and 
the way that most people are praised when they're young is when they achieve something or like if they have a talent yeah so like if you get the grade or if you're like a really good piano player or football player and it's like yes you're so good at that and you're getting praise for that but actually what creates a growth mindset which people with a growth mindset naturally going to become more and more successful and confident is being praised for your effort Mm -hmm. so not um you know you got this medal or you got into this university or you got this many clients it's like wow I'm so proud of how you tried I'm Mm -hmm. so proud of how you showed up even though it was hard and scary I'm so proud of you for how you consistently keep getting up on that stage or on Instagram every day even though it's making you wee your pants in the background right and that's so true I think like celebrating yourself for the effort for trying um for the way that you make the move even though you're scary and then the the tips that you just shared Kato that's you know that's psychologically proven it's called the overcoming a fear exercise and the more you expose yourself to something the more and more confident you become in it and then you just keep increasing the intensity yeah, exactly. And just realizing like, okay, I did the most scariest thing ever. I showed up on an Instagram live and I didn't die. And just breathing into that, like, okay, Woo! I'm safe. I didn't die. Woo! This is amazing, yes! right? And then just a couple more astrological insights that I want to share is like, we're both Leo's son, but I don't know how it was for you. But when I was a kid, I wasn't embodying my Leo son at all. When we're no, children, we, no, we are more leaning into towards our moon sign, which is for both of us, Earth. So it's like way more shy and like, you know, behind the scenes. And I was very, very shy. Like I I didn't feel comfortable to put myself out there. Like I would literally shit my pants. There was a desire to do that, but I was like, no, 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 I'm not ready for that. So as we grow older, we are actually being invited to step more into that because our sun sign is also part of our soul's purpose. We are meant to embody our sun sign or our archetype, right? So as soon as I discovered that, I was like, okay, this is part of my purpose and I feel a desire and a yearning. Let me lean into that step by step. And then for people who are listening, who don't have any Leo in their chart, we all relate to Leo because Leo rules a certain house in your chart. Um, so just look it up on what cusp, on what house Leo sits. And that's basically the house that you are meant to shine and put yourself out there and yeah, just really be your most authentic self and to be celebrated, right? So it's different for everyone, whether it's in your career, in your relationships, with friends, with children, whatever. And then lastly, what I want to add is like the lunar nodes have just shifted from Taurus, Scorpio into Libra and Aries. And the North Node is in Aries right now. So for the next 18 months, we are being invited as a collective to actually be more courageous and bold and adventurous and basically just putting ourselves out there, do the thing and make our desires happen. No more people pleasing, no more self-abandoning, no more like being the peacekeeper. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's about fully honoring yourself and just being fucking unapologetic. And I really love that. I'm so excited about this. Yeah. I'm so glad you mentioned that because the woman who messaged me was actually mentioning this access, this change. Um, So that's awesome. And, you know, what I would add lastly is that, For me, when I was younger, 
if I shined, shone, shined, I would always get punished by jealousy. So anytime I would like get a boyfriend or I was doing really well in school, et cetera, like the more popular girls in the group would like put me down. They would like kick me out the group. I'd have to sit in the corner of the schoolyard, eat my sandwich on my own, trying not to cry, like trying not to crumble and then just wait for them to let me back in. I would just pretend like nothing had happened because I was like, glad they've let me back in, you know? But it left me with this imprint of it's not safe to outshine other people. It's not safe to be too bright, to be too good at anything. Um, and then the same thing happened, you know, when I gained a step family for many years in high school, if I would do really well, my stepbrother would get very jealous and then like all hell would break loose in this like abusive household. So I very much understand that wound of like, it's not safe to be seen. It's not safe to be successful. It's not safe to shine or to be too beautiful or to be too rich or whatever the story is. And the way that I started moving through that when I started my business and my job and my business just shines so fucking bright that I help everyone and teach them to do the same. I just decided, you know what? I'm doing this for that little girl inside of me. And that's, it's, I guess, a very Leo energy because I'm very like protective. And I feel like I'm, I feel like a mother to a lot of my friends and sometimes to my clients. I'm like, I am going to go out there and shine for that little girl. And I'm going to take her hand and show her that it's safe to do it and that Mm -hmm. she gets to do it. And so um, yeah, it is that inner child healing, but it's also like mothering the part of you that's afraid and saying, mm-hmm. fuck these haters, fuck anyone who has a judgment about me. I have important things to do and I have important healing to do by rising into my power. So let's fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, baby. Let's go. I'm so excited now. Woo! <laughs> Uh, we're ready to ride our, our cows into the horizon <laughs> with our hats. Yes. <laughs> I love this. Uh, no, this conversation has been so good. Like we basically touched it all. Um, and yeah, it was really, really beautiful. So I hope for anyone who is listening that you got some beautiful insights. And again, this is an opportunity and invitation for you to look deeper into your chart. Look where Leo sits in your chart. Look at your kind placement. Look at your moon placement and also message mm-hmm. us about it. So if you feel like you want to share about this episode on your um, Instagram, please tag us. Let us know your biggest insights and also share your astrological makeup with both me and Amy. Like we would love, love, love to see it. And yeah. we would love to invite you to come to our beautiful epic retreat happening in October. Yeah, it's going to be so good. <laughs> and uh, if you like the intense Leo energy that you felt on the show, you'll very much enjoy <laughs> being on our retreat slash party slash deep healing experience. So we hope to meet some of you in Mioka. It's such a magical island. I can't wait for everyone to experience it. Really like calls you. The island calls you here. So yeah. 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 And our venue is so beautiful. And our chef is so aligned. And it's like all amazing high quality products. And we're just gonna like 
celebrate sisterhood and celebrate life and being in this beautiful, orgasmic, delicious, juicy energy whilst also doing the deep work. And this is what Amy always says. It's like, yes, we are doing the work, but it's also kind of feeling like a girl's holiday and just mm -hmm. like, you know, celebrating each other and moving away from comparison or jealousy or competition. Like that's a paradigm that we no longer want to subscribe to. So let's create a new paradigm altogether. Yeah, totally. I always try and create things that I wish existed, whether it's a retreat or a program. And for me personally, maybe some of the listeners resonate. Like I'm really witchy and, and spiritual and like I like really weird things. But I also don't want to just spend my entire life crying and shadow work and like having a really serious look on my face. You know, like I want to have fun and just also be a normal human being that doesn't always do a hundred things at a time so when I create or retreat I always have that concept in mind of like how can we go deep and then like just be a real one you know deep <laughs> fun deep silly you know that kind of vibe I know you feel the same kind of <laughs> yeah no it's a, it's about embracing the duality of life and like last year I spent so much time in the underworld and covering my shadows and I felt like it was my duty to go really, really deep because if I want to take my clients really deep, I need to make sure that I've gone that deep, right? Mm -hmm. Then after getting out of that tunnel, I was just like, fuck this. I want to celebrate my <laughs> life. I want to go to parties. I want to take ecstasy and mushrooms. And that's kind of the vibe that we're going for for this retreat. I mean, we won't be taking ecstasy. It would be a lot of fun though, but... <laughs> Not for this retreat, maybe the next one. Um, but just like, yeah, the be beautiful infusion and just kind of like that dance. So for anyone who's listening, we will make sure to link the website and more information in the show notes. And we would love to see you there. Yeah. Big love to everyone. Thank you for listening. Hope you got some amazing insights out of this. And uh, yeah, don't be afraid to reach out to us. I think sometimes people are scared of Leos because we we seem so fierce, but we're actually so loving. Like I just love, I love talking to people in DMs. Mm -hmm. You know, some people find social media like overwhelming. I'm like, no, everyone message me. I want like all the notifications and I have to reply to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me feel good. Yeah. No, it's also important to me. I don't want to create this energy of like, I'm above you. I'm better than you. Like moving away yeah. from the vertical line and more the horizontal line. I love equality and that's such an important value of mine. And um, yeah, it, it seems like we're lions, but we're actually cute little cats. Kitty cats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, babe. I hope you have the best day. I hope everyone else has the best day. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you in October. Kato. Hug you then. <laughs> thank you so much for tuning in i hope this episode ignited you expanded you and enriched your heart your mind your life in some way if it did reach out on instagram my handle is this is amy rushworth or you can head over to my website for all my courses retreats and magical offerings at amyrushworth.com if the show feels like a vibe for you, make sure you subscribe. And if you have 60 seconds to rate and review or even to just share the show with a friend, 
I would be so, so, so grateful. And it helps more amazing, beautiful people like you to discover this show and to improve their lives for the better. Stay tuned for the next episode. And until then, I'm sending you strength, grace, ferocious courage, and a friendly reminder to always love yourself fiercely and to go out there and live your most unapologetic life.